podcast a little differently today instead of giving you some abstract metaphorical story I want to tell you a little story about our guest you see our guest today changed my life in fact I don't think there would be a Vagabond Missions let alone a Vagabond Missions podcast if it wasn't for my meeting of this man See, when I finished college, I got married real quick and uh, me and my wife moved to New York. Now, when we took the job there, the pastor, he was old. I mean, I mean like old, like 74. He was, I mean, if you're 74 and you're listening to this and you don't think that's old, I'm sorry, don't mean to offend you. But in my mind, as a 22 year old, he seemed old. And I didn't think he knew what he was talking about because he told us, you know, this area is kind of an urban, inner city area and I just didn't believe it because I didn't really see much going on there you know when I went to church it was a sea of white hair people seemed pretty chill but wouldn't you know a couple weeks into us being there you know we tried to start doing stuff so we we bought pizza we played music in the parking lot we tried to meet kids in the neighborhood and on you know who kind of hung out in those areas and uh, wouldn't you know it a couple weeks into this thing Every time we would do an event, the police would show up. We would have to call the police because there was a fight. Someone came with drugs. I mean, I remember one time being on the phone with a friend when all of a sudden a knife fight broke out. And I didn't know what to do. Well, I would lead the music for church. So one day I remember leading music in mass and I was up there playing music and this kid who had kind of showed up a few times in the parking lot, acting silly, definitely high, out of his mind, you know, walked into the church with no shirt on. And uh, you know, I couldn't do anything. I was up on the altar playing music. And uh, wouldn't you know, he comes in, he sits about two rows from the back, you know, sitting in a pew, he sits down next to this girl. And uh, you know, before the end of the song is over, he's making out with this girl in mass. No shirt on, and you know, finally when the song finishes, I go up to one of my adults, I say, you gotta tell that kid to chill out. Well, after mass, I, uh, I got to meet him and talk to him a little bit more, and over the next couple weeks, I fell in love. I never met someone like this. Someone who, yeah, was, was, was wild, and he was crazy, and he was passionate, but he was real. And, uh, and when, when I say I never met someone like this, it's not that I never met crazy, passionate, wild people, but he was willing to listen and he was willing to bring all that realness and all that, you know, that passion, that authenticity and, and see what God had to say. He was willing to listen, you know, when I talked to him about where his life was headed. I don't want to give you any spoiler alerts because the story's pretty wild, but uh, very infrequently in my life have I met someone who has had a conversion like this. You're in for a treat today. Our guest is Joe Cipriano. I will shut my big mouth now and let him do the talking. Take it away, Joe. I was 15 years old, uh, hanging out with my friends all night and hadn't come home. I got a lot of flack and my mom was pretty pissed. And so I was trying to lay low that night, but I got a phone call from one of my friends and he said, hey, we're hanging out behind the school. 
Now for me, I thought, okay, hanging out behind the school probably means drinking, doing drugs, hanging out with people I don't know. So I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. What school are you hanging out behind? He says, St. Paul's. St. Paul's. Okay. Well, I showed up anyway, and I'm, I'm looking around. I don't see him. And there's this house off in the corner. And there's all these kids on the porch. I was like, Yo, what are you doing at church? And he hands me a can of soda. He's like, this is free. I was like, what? He's like, and there's pizza inside. I was like, dude, nothing's free. Like, what are they, what are they trying to trick you into doing? And he's like, he's like, nah, man, just come hang out. It's chill. So I hung out outside and he's like, man, check out all these girls. I was like, hey, there's a lot of girls here. And so I started hanging out. But, you know, they met every week and I wasn't really down with going and listening to somebody talk about Jesus. And so I would just show up at the end, talk to the girls, eat the food and go home. And, you know, for me, I was like, man, now I'm religious. But, you know, time went on, days went on, and um, I got to know some of the people there. And, you know, Bob started to get to know me. And, you know, at the time, it was real funny. You know, he had faded, frosted tips and uh, walked around in flip-flops and said dude all the time. And I don't think I had ever heard somebody use dude in a real sentence, you know. Um, But, you know, he cared about me. He talked to me and he got to know me. And... Uh, you know, over time, we started to build this relationship. And he starts to invite me to go to this retreat. And he's like, hey, do you want to go on a retreat? And I'm just like, no. Like, well, do you know what a retreat is? And I was like, no. But let me guess. It's you sitting around talking about Jesus all the time and singing Kumbaya. And he's like, no, 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 man. It, it's cool. Why don't you, you come on the retreat? We're hanging out at a hotel on the beach. You can bring whoever you want. We're going to have a basketball tournament. And it's going to be a good time. And so in my head, I think, all right, I'll show up at this retreat with only this like 22-year-old guy in charge. I'll pretty much be able to do whatever I want. I'll bring all my friends and just sneak out and do whatever. So we show up on this retreat the day of with about 12 of my closest friends, none of whom were signed up for the retreat. And uh, me and only one other guy were the Catholics. Uh, Everybody else had either not grown up with the faith or, you know, a few of them were Muslim Um, and I only brought them because they were the guys I played basketball with. And so we showed up on this retreat. They found a way to make it work. Got us on the bus, took us there. Um, and it was a good time. You know, we had fun. We played basketball, not as much as I would like, but we played a little bit and, you know, it was a good time. And I start to hear them talk about Jesus and how he loves me individually. And, you know, I grew up with a Catholic mom who, loved going to church and, um, you know, just talked about Jesus all the time. And so for me, like Jesus was hearing Jesus loves you is fine. Like you color a picture about it and put a little sticker on your car or something. And that's the end of it. That's meaningless. But to hear about Jesus loving me personally and individually, and that he, uh, did all those things on the cross. He lived his life, uh, for me. And when that hit, when I found out that Jesus' love for me was personal, it just, everything changed. Everything was different. Um, it hadn't sunk in. It was, it was a tough, it was a tough time and I, I wasn't quite hearing everything, but I, w- I was changing internally and I didn't really know it. And Saturday night of the retreat comes and I'm hanging out with my best friend, Kel, and we actually, we actually leave because we didn't really want to hear what they were saying. And 
we go outside and we're smoking a cigarette. And in the meantime, they start adoration. And not that I knew what adoration was at the time, but, um, you know, they had dimmed the lights and, you know, started to play slow music. And we just decided, all right, this is pretty lame. Let's get out of here. And we're sitting on the porch, smoking a cigarette, talking to my best friend. And all of a sudden he starts crying. And like, again, being a 15 year old dude that gets in fights all the time, I kind of thought like, dudes don't cry. What are you doing? But he's my best friend. So I was trying to just listen. And he's talking about how, uh, just how all of, you know, the way our friendship, our family, you know, we're, and just asking the question, where would we be without each other? And he starts crying and he's, and he's just emotional. And all of a sudden, like I start crying, like a minute goes by and we realize like we're guys and we're crying. And so we kind of wipe the tears off. Like, Oh man, oh, that's, you know, tired, you know, smoked too much weed yesterday on the retreat. And, you know, this probably isn't, uh, you know, and like, we're probably just out of it. So we go inside, we, we sit down in the back and, you know, as soon as I hit the chair, I start bawling my eyes out. And, you know, I'm crying and crying and crying for what feels like forever. And I, at, at some point I realized like I'm a dude and I'm crying and, um, you know, I pretty much lose my reputation is what I was thinking. And I, I looked up to see like in shame what my friends were saying or thinking. And they're all just bawling their eyes out. People, whether they're Catholic, whether they're Christian, um, these hard kids that I, you know, were my best friends, were all just arm in arm crying and singing. And that night, everything changed. Everything was, was different for me from that point on. You know, I, I, I fell in love with Christ. I fell in love with church. I was, I, I really, it was, it was fire for me. I just, they couldn't get rid of me. You know, I was at church every night of the week. I remember Bob started this, uh, this group, this RCIA group for, uh, for these five young girls that were getting ready to come into the church. And I showed up uninvited at his house one night, um, as he's, you know, serving them spaghetti dinner or something. And I was like, Oh, I heard we're having a, a meeting tonight. And so I thought I was supposed to be there and, uh, you know, just got so involved and, and just couldn't, uh, yeah, just couldn't. Uh, couldn't get enough of my time with the Lord. And, you know, but at the same time, like I still was pretty unrefined. I still wasn't going to school. I still was getting into fights. I was still doing drugs. But like, on the other hand, you know, every night I could, I was hanging out at church and I was just living this crazy double life. And um, a, a number of the adult volunteers, they they really had every right to be mad, but they really got sick and tired of me. We had gang fights in the parking lot. And all these things that just kept happening and, and they made a decision as a team. We're going to tell him he can't come anymore. And they show up at Bob's house one night and they tell him, Hey, it's either him or us. And he says, then I gladly accept your resignation because if we start giving up on one of these kids, then we're not doing the Lord's work anymore. You know, that night, some of the volunteers came in and they talked about it and they stuck around. Some of them stopped helping uh, but Bob stood up for me and made it so I could keep going. You know, a couple months later, we were getting ready to go on this re- leadership retreat. Bob had pulled some strings for me and one of my friends to go all the way to Ohio for a week-long leadership retreat. Um, you know, we're we're at youth group that night, and, you know, I get home, and there's two cars in my parking lot. 
And so I, I, I'm like, man, what are, what are these guys doing at my house? And they're, they're hanging out. They're looking for something to smoke and they want to go around and, uh, and rob somebody to, to get some money. And so I get in the back of this, this car with a bunch of guys and we start driving around looking for somebody to, to rob so we can get enough money to smoke. We pull up on this one kid and, you know, drive around behind a bridge and, and jump out and grab him, throw him the ground. He doesn't have anything. We keep moving. At this point, we get on foot and uh, we, we find this kid and his friend on a bicycle and we surround him. And uh, one of my friends has a has a gun and he pulls it out. He says, yo, take everything you have, throw it on the ground and walk away. And so the kid takes everything he has, like $14, throws it on the ground and walks away. About five minutes later, cops from all directions surround us and we get thrown in the back of these cop cars. I remember being in the back of the cop car and uh, just being so cocky at the time. It's so arrogant and I'm cussing out the cop and making fun of him and um, just had so much arrogance. And they take us to the police station and um, he comes in and they start questioning me. And I just say, hey, listen, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm tired. I'm hungry. And I threw some expletives in there. Um, and he says, well, think about this. You know, even though you're 15, you're still going to get tried as an adult. And, you know, whether you had the gun or not, you're going to get charged if you had it. So why don't you think about that? They put me in a cell by myself and I'm laying there and, you know, over hours, you know, the adrenaline drops and all of a sudden, like, I realize what the heck did I just do? Like, I just started to like turn my life around. I just started to do all these good things for the first time in my life at church. And, and I remember praying and laying in that cell and just telling God, like, if you could just get me out of this, I'll do anything. Like I'll be a hundred percent committed. I'll change my life. I'll give everything. And a minute goes by and the cell opens and the cop comes in and says, you're free to go. There's no explanation. But a week later, I found myself on this leadership retreat, even though I had just gotten arrested the, the first night there, I'm rooming with, uh, this guy whose dad is a professor and teaches theology. And there I am, just some screw up who barely made it out. But after going on that, that retreat for a week and spending, spending my time praying there, I was completely sold out. I stopped doing all the stuff I was doing. I stopped fighting, stopped doing drugs and just went out of my way to, to just give my hundred percent, my all to the Lord. You know, and things changed, you know, I, I decided to go back to school. And even though I had already screwed up so much, I couldn't get my real degree. I got a GED and then uh, started going to community college and, and decided I, I wanted to be a youth minister. I wanted to impact people too. I wanted to impact teens. And, and so I did, I, I started going to community college, spent some time there, got my grades up enough to get into Franciscan University and studied theology and catechetics there. After my time studying theology and catechetics, I went around uh, really the country and you know, started in Kentucky, went down to Texas uh, doing youth ministry. Uh, now I'm in Oklahoma and I'm the director for the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City for youth and young adult, uh, finishing my master's degree in theology. And my life is just so different. And, you know, it's it's amazing because I'm so privileged. I'm so lucky. And, you know, I got out in a way that some of my friends didn't, you know, because I had some family support. I had a mom who just loved the Lord and was a constant support. I had people like Mark who would pick me up every single morning, no matter how much snow, 
to take me to daily mass. And, you know, even though not all my friends completely got out or not all of them went on and became youth ministers, it changed their lives. They're good dudes. You know, they're dads, they take care of their kids, they have families, you know, they're genuinely good people. And, you know, everything that we did, everything that, you know, our mentors did for us, it changed our lives. And um, I'm trying to live it now, you know, and it's, it's crazy to think about because it's so different from my day to day. You know, when I put on a suit and go to work and try to talk to people about talking about Jesus, um, it, it's hard to think back to a time when I barely wore a shirt to go to church and just hung out with my friends, got in fights all the time. And, um, but it, it's a miracle. And, and, you know, it's a privilege to be able to share the miracle that God's done in my life. And, you know, there's so many more things and, you know, not enough time to say it, but God has done so many miracles in my life. And it, it all started with people investing in me, not giving up on me and praying for me and taking care of me every day. So reading from Psalm 116. I love the Lord, who listens to my voice in supplication, who turns an ear to me on the day I called. I was caught by the cords of death, the snares of Sheol had seized me. I felt agony and dread. Then I called on the name of the Lord, O Lord save my life. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous, yes our God is merciful. The Lord protects the simple. I was helpless, but he saved me. Return to my soul, to your rest. The Lord has been very good to you. For my soul has been freed from death, my eyes from tears, my fleet from stumbling. I shall walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I kept faith, even when I said I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all men are liars. How can I repay the Lord? For all the great good he has done for me, I will raise the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Dear in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his devoted. Lord, I am your servant, your servant, the child of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer a sacrifice of praise and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Well, you never know what God's going to do. You never know the possibilities or the limits to his mercy and his grace. Thank you, Joe, for sharing your story. As always, a big thank you to our producer, the man with the golden hands, Dan Bozak from Arbark Productions. My name is Bob Lesnevsky. It is a pleasure to go on this journey with you. To learn more about Vagabond Missions or to join us on this adventure, please check us out at vagabondmissions.com. Until next time, Vagabonds, peace.